Welcome to the Make History Podcast. This is your host, Sean B. Make History Podcast is about self-progression, overcoming obstacles, and having the resilience not to give up. Just to make history. The ups, the downfalls, these are our stories, our visions, and our conversations. Let's go. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to Make History Podcast. We are back once again, and we have a special guest today. Uh, it's an honor to have this man on today because I've been admiring him from afar and up close. Uh, very uh, all these years, it's it's uh, over thirty years. He's been into the to the ministry uh, of Crisis Life Ministries, Mister Bill Loveless. Hello, sir. How are you? Thank you for letting me join you. How you doing today? How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. It's been a very, very good day today. Thank you. Well, I'm just going to jump right into it, man. And uh, it's one, one, one. Uh, first of all, I just I'm thank thankful that you you're able to you know spend some time with me today to talk about you know Crisis Life Ministries, talk about Bill Loveless. Um, you know, who is Bill Loveless and how how he functions and, and what's going on uh, with him and in the way where, you know, Christ is, is uh, has been part of your life for for as long as, as I've known you. Uh, what can we tell the podcast listeners today about Bill Loveless? How would you would talk to him? How would you say? Well, I guess I'm trying to. You know what I'm trying to say here. I'm trying. To... <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what you're trying to say. Well, I just want to tell your folks that first of all, I've never been to Bible school or seminary. Uh, I've been in ministry since 2001. I was with a ministry in Dallas called Exchange Life Ministries. Was there two and a half years, and out of that came Christ's Life. When we moved from Dallas to San Antonio, uh, we live in Bernie now. But uh, the reason I got in ministry is because of what God did in my life. It was uh, uh, kind of like Paul on the road to Damascus. Uh, even though I was saved at 18, uh, I had uh, a father who was a physical, emotional, verbal abuser. I uh, was very wounded uh, coming out of our household. But I began uh, what I call a performance-driven Christian life. In other words, it was about a... Uh, I was working with a group at, at Texas A&M when I was in, in college there, and, and I wanted to get serious about my Christian life, so I just said, tell me what to do to live it, and they gave me the checklist of pray and, and uh, memorize scripture and go to church, and so I thought, well, that's what God expected of me so that he would love me, accept me, and value me, and, and I actually call this first 30 years of my Christian life a life. Uh, and I call it because it was a performance driven. It was about me. But what happened, Sean, in 1998, on October the 4th, I was depressed. My Christian life was working so well for me. I was depressed and suicidal. Mm. There was some disconnect. I was doing everything God told me to do. Pastors would let me have in their church because I'm going to, I'm going to work in the church and I'm going to do all the right things, but nothing was being changed internally. Uh, and I would read these incredible promises of freedom and victory and, and healing of woundedness, and yet I'd never experienced it. And so I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. And on October the 4th, 1998, I heard a gentleman by the name of Ian Thomas, and these are the first words out of his mouth when he spoke that one Sunday. He said, God never intended for you to live the life 
that only Christ could live in and through you. And, and I was stunned because I thought it was up to me to live the Christian life. I thought the Christian life was a checklist. And so when I realized that the Christian life is a person, because when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, what the Holy Spirit told me was the Christian life is not a checklist, it's a person. Right. And so that began a shift that I began to not live for God, but from Him. In other words, I wasn't asking God to help me. I was trusting Him to transform me. And so it began a new journey of seeking God to do what only He could do, because He says, apart from me, you can do nothing, and that includes being transformed. And so as a result, I started attending the events uh, in this ministry called Exchange Life in Dallas. And I began to understand what Paul meant when he said, uh, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He said that in Galatians 2.20. And then Paul said to live to me as Christ. And so I began to realize it's not a life that I live for God. It's a life he wants to live in and through me. And, of course, the proof of the pudding has been he's, he's been setting me free. He's been giving me victory. He's really healed me from a lot of the woundedness of my father. So what really brought me into ministry was that my life was actually changing for the first time in 30 years. Wow. Wow. That's a journey right there. That is a journey right there. <laughs> and how, so how, how, I guess this will be one of those type of questions is how do you know, um, you know, that, that God has you in this path of, of change? You know, how did you, how did you find yourself uh, into that development? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a great question, because part of my, my strongholds uh, were that I, was, I lived in a lot of fear, anxiety, inadequacy, rejection. You know, I just, I just felt like, uh, you know, these were things that I just couldn't get let go of. I couldn't be set free from. And so once I realized, it says in Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs in Christ. Well, I began to look at what I needed. I needed peace. I needed uh, not feeling rejected, but accepted. You know, I didn't want to feel inadequate, but I wanted to feel adequate. And so what I began to do is realize that Christ is the source for those things. In other words, if I need peace, he is my peace. If I need acceptance, he is my acceptance. And so what I began to do is pray these simple prayers that, Lord, would you renew my mind to the truth that I don't have to be anxious because you're my peace. Uh, Lord, I'm asking you, trusting you to heal me of the woundedness from my father. And so what I began to do is walk this out in terms of not asking God to help me do it, but to do it. And, it, and as I began to pray those prayers, it, it took about a year because there were some things deep-seated in my life. I mean, at that point, I was 48 years old, so my ditches were pretty deep. And as I began to pray those prayers over time, God began to change the way I think, the way I feel, and the choices I made. So it was a supernatural work of the Spirit that I became a believing believer. In other words, I really believe that God can set me free and give me victory because I was experiencing it. But it only came as a result not of doing something for God, of trusting him to do a work in me wow wow that is awesome that is awesome now i can see this that you have a great big heart and you love to interact with people and you Mm -hmm. love to hear people 
I know ever since I've known you, you hear both sides of the stories. Um, right. And you always in, include, uh, you know, what is what is God saying? You know, what is God saying? What is it, that? That's a very important thing for um, anyone to have uh, to be able right. to have that relationship. Uh, right. I see that that um, I know you had something posted not too long ago. Uh, it says like um, you are a culture changer. Now, are you able to speak on what this is about? Yes. Um, I've been writing a series called Your Six Square Feet, and it all started in December after the election because I just became troubled about what was going on in our culture. And the, the concept of your six square feet basically is how the Romans conquered the world. All they had to do was convince a Roman centurion to conquer six square feet. And then he would depend on a centurion left and right, front and back, to do the same. So it wasn't about winning the battle. It was about conquering six square feet. Well, then the Spirit revealed to me personally what that six square feet means is everybody that comes in con- I come in contact with today is part of my six square feet. So when I look about some of these issues, uh, you know, that the, the Christians, you know, we, we know are not biblical, like abortion, for example. You know, I, I could certainly vote. I can certainly write my congressman. I can certainly even go to a pro-life event. But the whole series about, and, and this particular article that you're referring to, is about being a culture changer. In other words, if, if you, Sean, came to me as an unbeliever and you believed in abortion, but I shared the gospel with you, you trusted Christ, and then God persuaded you that abortion was, was evil, and not biblical and, and a lie, then I've just changed the culture by one person. So what I'm wanting people to do through this series is realize that God wants to speak truth through you to everyone you come in contact with. And it may be a word of encouragement, a word of hope, it may be the gospel. But the question is, are you focusing on everybody that comes in your life and looking at it as a divine appointment? So if, if I can speak into an individual and their beliefs change, because the Holy Spirit changes them, that I've just changed the culture by one person. Right. And so that, that's kind of where I'm going with that whole series, is that you and I and everybody, like right now, you're part of my six square feet. And if the God wants to say something through me to draw you closer to Him or to move from a lie to a truth, then I've just changed the culture uh, by, by that one person, if that makes sense. Yeah, seeing it through different lenses. And, right. and uh, you know, because everybody doesn't see everything the same. We, we all, you know, we all have our own perspective of what the culture is. But right. like you said, if you see it in a different lens and if you explain right. it and you're able to to they're able to comprehend what you're saying and it's through love, then right. then because Christ is love and that and that right there will, will also change the game, completely change the culture. Right. And, and I believe right. that I, I totally believe in that. Um, you know, you spread more love, uh, you spread more love, you get more results because yeah. people, they can't reject love. You can't. Yeah, that's right. So, that's right. but you know, it's interesting, Sean, my wife says this, she says, when love is felt, the message is heard. Right. I love that because if, if they know you're loving them, you can speak the truth. And it's amazing how far that love will take you. 
and genuine, honest love. Yeah. Like you, right. you, you know, because sometimes some people they'll you know they they'll take advantage of that, you know, and and it becomes not genuine, um, because it's like a high and by, you know. Oh, I love you from a distance, but are you able to be as close to me, have that interaction with me, you know, become a part of my interests, um, right? And 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 I'll also learn about my culture. Um, right. It's big because we come from two different parts of cultures ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm able to conversate with you today, and right. that's this is this because we have an understanding and we have this this uh, this Christ uh, that keeps us bonded. And I believe right. that uh, 100%. What if everyone right. has a chance to engage into the same type of love? I think the world will right. be a better place. Amen. <laughs> so speaking of that so how how much of family and communities involved but what you do okay well i uh basically i our ministry is to partner with churches so i have relationships with about 60 churches around the country um i certainly build relationships with a number of uh, pastors in san antonio and bernie and Bulberti. Uh, but I also have an outreach around the country. And so my heart is to I write curriculum, uh, discipleship curriculum, and, and it all focuses on what does it mean for Christ to live his life in and through you. So uh, that's what I do is go into churches, help them start a discipleship program. And really it goes back to what Paul said in Ephesians 4, which is grow up. I want people to grow up in Christ. So whether it's with a church, I also do counseling with couples, I meet with men one-on-one, I do conferences, so it's all about getting the truth out into whatever venue that I that I can, but those are typically some of the things I do, Sean, to, you know, connect with the community and, uh, and, and you know, and, and be used of the Lord to share these kinds of truths. That's so awesome, and I, and I know that it, it means well when uh, the community becomes family. Um, yes. You know, and that's that right there is is building relationships. Um, yeah. Also, too, um, you you mentioned uh, that you you have these series out. You have this one, and I thought it was pretty particular. Um, and I thought I thought it was pretty pretty awesome myself. Uh, it's called Healing the Wounded Heart. Are you able to speak yeah. about that series? Yes, um, I'm glad you brought it up. It's a very personal series because as I said earlier, you know, I just deeply wounded by my father and uh and i don't think any of us can live in this world as i say we live in a fallen body uh in a fallen world surrounded by fallen people and so it maybe you didn't have the father i did but it could be a divorce it could be relationships right i think we're all wounded on some level and so the the beauty of this study is is that so many people are victims of their woundedness or locked into it and what I want to do is show them how to engage the Spirit of God because he says he is the healer to heal our wounded heart. And so it's very, I try to lay the foundation of what our beliefs are as a result of our woundedness because it's not really the wounding events, it's what we believe as a result of it. Like out of my wounding events, there was the rejection and the insecurity and the fear. So I I try to walk people through that and what does it look like to engage the Spirit of God to heal them and to change the way they think and feel so that their thoughts and feelings line up with the truth 
And that, in fact, is healing. So it's a very personal study. It's a study for anybody that that, that, that feels wounded, that you can go through it. And uh, I know the Spirit of God will, will do a work in your heart as a result. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it sounded uh, pretty pretty awesome. You can get it on SoundCloud right now. Um, yeah. And uh, it, I love the audio books for some reason. I, you know, for me, you know, it works for me because I'm an audio-visual person. But, okay. Uh, so, but you can also... Um, uh, I believe you can you can get something from it. You know, you're just listening uh, to right. it. You know, and so right. as as of uh, 30 years into what you do in, into the world, uh, and and given your gifts to the world, um, what do you think are your greatest accomplishments at this point now? Yeah, well, I I I'd like to take credit for my greatest accomplishment, but I. I really have to give the glory to God. I I feel like, yeah, and this is going to sound a little strange, but I think my greatest accomplishment is become more and more dependent on Christ. Uh, you know, because 30 years of the Christian living a life, I just wasn't getting anywhere. I was accomplishing things in the work world. Uh, I became an elder in the church. But I, I just think really my greatest accomplishment is being transformed by the Lord. Uh, because I was, I was not a good guy. I lived in a lot of anger and manipulation and control and, and, uh, unforgiveness, uh, very angry a lot of the time. And so I, I, I just have to say that by learning how to depend on God and abide in Him, the, the accomplishment was tra- being transformed. And yet I, I didn't really do that. You know, the Spirit of God did that. So uh, I, I, that may not be the answer you're looking for, but I just feel that that's really my greatest accomplishment is depending on him. And then his greatest accomplishment through me is ministering to one life at a time and ministering truth in life and transformation. So uh, that that's probably the best way I could answer that question, John. <laughs> now, truth, life, and transformation um, right. is is probably the best answer you we can probably get that's 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 probably the best light because that right there is is a nugget and and a lot of us are looking for that and uh in different ways in many ways and that's what uh you know making history is about is about nuggets like that that can make a difference into the listener's heart and just listening uh, to your story and and hearing from you, um, just knowing the history of of just like the work that you've put in, you know, within the last thirty years, it, it mm-hmm. it's an, it's uh, to me to me it's it's an awesome uh, place that you can be, you know, and that yeah, and uh, not only that, but it's so much respect from all over the world, um, mm-hmm. and they understand where you come from, why you do it. Um, and I, and I hope for the best for that too, as well, because I, I, I pray that, that many people be blessed for, for make history and what it's trying to do as well. Um, I have the same type of uh, concept too, as well, uh, to, to build community together, to bring, uh, people of all walks of the world, uh, together to have an understanding that if you have just a little bit of faith, it can go further, you know, because it's a mustard seed. Yeah, and uh, right. what would you say is the vision uh, for Christ 
Christ Life Ministries at this point? Okay. Well, um, I just feel that one of the things God's doing is we now have our materials translated into 14 languages. And I've, I've developed 10 international partners. So one of the things we're really trying to do is to get our materials not only translated, but getting uh, indigenous people that live in the countries where they translate and will teach. And so that's one of the things I'm developing is <clears throat> these international partners that are going to spread these truths throughout the world. So that that's one vision I have upcoming. Also, I, I envision doing more traveling to churches. I know I've got churches from the East Coast to the West Coast, so I'm wanting to spend more time with them, building those relationships. And then another thing that we're going to start doing is just kind of video short, just do video uh, lessons. Uh, I, I like the series I've got on Facebook now. I, uh, you know, that's something I can turn into video. So I, I think what we're really going to try to do is get the word out through more social media. Uh, because, you know, like with COVID, you couldn't really go out and, and teach. So, you know, through Zoom, through uh, Facebook, through social media. So I'm really just really pray that, that just getting the word out to the, to the greatest number of people uh, is kind of where we're heading now with ministry. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea, actually. You know, and, and not only that, but it gets so many people involved because of social media right now and because of COVID. Um, you know, try to get this, you know, like, share and subscribe to everyone out there to to push all this information out there because it needs to be heard and uh, right. it needs to be seen. So, you know, the more positive out there, the better, you know. Right. And, right. <laughs> well, um, it's about that time. I'm giving uh, you can get a chance right here to listen to Bill Loveless and uh, tell them where they can find you. Well, we've got a website. It's www.christislifeministries.com. And uh, all our materials are online to download for free or to, uh, and you can, you can copy it off and make as many copies for free as you want. We've got videos and audio. So we just encourage you to go. And uh, my testimony is on there as well. So I'd love for you to see how I got into ministry. But uh I hope you'll just uh, be uh, be a part of our ministry by uh, going to it, and, and hopefully there'll be something there that will encourage you and transform you. Amen. Mr. Loveless, I appreciate you. Thank you for being on the podcast today, and that was awesome information. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Sean. It was a real privilege to be with you today. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you for checking out the Make History Podcast. Please take the time out to like, share, and subscribe to hear our next episodes. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you're listening. <laughs>